Ryan G in the building. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Money making Mitch. Does it say who has the best chance to dethrone him? <laughs> yeah, um, that's not happening, so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm enjoying it too. <laughs> hey. Yeah, Mitch gonna done him up. <laughs> Mitch gonna done him up. <laughs> Like the only the like the only thing Mitch gotta do really is incorporate the Giannis um strides where it's like you just measure your strides where it's like okay all, all you gotta do is take one dribble then one two finish. <laughs> yup. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Well, first and foremost, what I found interesting when I read up on him is the fact that 
the Knicks basically hired him from Capital One. So this man was working, wasn't even working within sports. Like he was working for Capital One as treasury management go-to market strategy lead. So my manager's good analytics, analytics period. It seems like it doesn't matter whether it's in the banking industry, finance industry, or basketball. My manager's analytics all the way. Like he's just good with numbers. But the thing... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. I think. Oh no, I was just saying that. Um, yeah, he also worked up with. Um, I think it's called Crossover Sports. Yeah, where he was doing a lot of analytics there and he was able to like translate the basketball analytics to actual basketball talk because I, you know you know how you know guys are you know that um run an organization and they're looking at players to bring in and things like that. Like you have to be able to explain to them through analytics why this makes sense. And if you're and if you're unable to do that, it doesn't matter what your numbers show, they're just gonna look at you like uh yeah, we're just gonna throw these numbers to the side. We're just gonna do our, and we're just gonna do what we're gonna do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the fact that he worked with um the Cleveland Cavaliers when they had LeBron James there and the way they and the way he was able to take analytics and use it to the Cavaliers advantage with surrounding LeBron James and Kyrie with the best players to support them. You you know the um the results are there. Cleveland went to the finals pretty much every year LeBron was there. The only reason that they only got away with one championship was because they were facing the Warriors team where that Warriors team would just stack to the ceiling with all-star players. So if he can bring some of what he did in Cleveland to New York, I'm all for it. Yes, sir. No, 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 keep going. Most definitely.
Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's a clear second choice. <laughs> Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that kid look like he's going to be a problem. Mhm. Mm I I can see it happening. <laughs> I can definitely see it happening if Golden State keeps their um top pick yeah yeah hmm <laughs> Yes. Ah. Here's here's my thing. I believe that if you are looking to win games, you have to have a mix of veterans and young talent. But here's the thing. I feel like this past season we did that experiment. And and there were veterans on our team that we believe did not deserve playing time over some of our young players that were on the roster. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Randall being one of them, Wayne Ellington being another, and you know there's just a few players that we believe that should not have been getting playing time over, over players like Dotson, etc. So my thing is, these veterans are we bringing? That, these veterans that we're bringing in are they going to hinder? the playing time of the young talent that's going to be on our roster or are these veterans are going to be brought in as guys that will um hold others accountable and be leaders on the squad and you know let the young players get their playing time and do their thing so to me it depends i mean if you look at who the Knicks are looking at becoming the head coach it seems like Tom Thibodeau is the guy that's you know the front row at the moment and if Tom Thibodeau is the guy, then obviously, you know, veterans are going to come in because that's what Tom Thibodeau does. Like, he takes veteran teams and he makes them good. So it makes sense that if Tom Thibodeau is the guy, that Knicks are going to go after veteran players and mix it with the young players and see what they can do. But me, but me personally, like, I want to see the young players grow. Like, I want to see R.J. Barrett grow. I want to see Frank Nilakina grow. If Dotson is still here, I want to see Dotson grow. I want to see players like that grow and become better rather than veterans just taking their minutes and playing like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mhm. One more season. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm to be honest about it though. They need to make it rough for them because my guy's been here for two seasons. My He had one spectacular summer league where we thought that this guy was like the next coming of Kevin Durant. Then all of a sudden, my man just came right back down to earth and he has not left earth since then. So I, I don't know what to expect from Knox right now. <laughs> Word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're probably gonna have to put that Knox jersey on auction. Yeah, it, yeah, he might be permanently free. We don't know yet. He might be, might be. Yeah. Ah, damn. <laughs> Come on, Knicks. Hold on to our draft picks. Come on. Dotson has not shown that, you know, he's going to be a terrible player. Like, if anything, at most, he's going to be a solid 3 and D guy, and you need players like that in the NBA. For once, let's keep our draft picks. Like, damn. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I think they're trying to make the Knicks formidable again. And, of course, the easiest way to make a team formidable is bringing veteran players. That's the easiest way. <laughs> especially, if we, especially if we end up drafting a player like LaMelo Ball or Killian Hayes or somebody like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah let's stick for another season, please. Let's give them the keys. <laughs> 
Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Play the young guys. L let them develop. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> hmm. Indeed. <laughs> yes, sir. Honestly, I have mixed feels about Jason Kidd. And here's... <laughs> because if you look at Jason Kidd's coaching career, it seems like when he's first installed as, is, when he's first installed as coach, he actually brings results. Because I looked up a few stats from his time in Milwaukee when he, when he left the Nets to go sign for Milwaukee to become the coach. And there were good things and there were good reviews about him. Like... One of the reviews about him was the fact that he's good at bringing the players together. He's good at creating locker room chemistry, which is a which is a positive thing, especially in the NBA. If you can get the players to come together and have the, everybody on the same page, that bodes well for the team performing well. Another positive thing about Jason Kidd is the fact that he's a defensive coach. He preaches he preaches defense first above everything. And when he first became Bucks coach, the year before that, the Bucks were the second worst defensive team in the league. But when Jason Kidd came in, he transformed the Bucks into ranking fourth in points allowed per 100 possessions. So, it that shows that when it comes to defense, Jason Kidd knows what he's doing. And the, and then another positive about Jason Kidd is the fact that he's good at player development. I mean, that's clear because Giannis Antetokounmpo made jumps when he when Jason Kidd was his coach. So those are the positives about Jason Kidd. But here's the thing that worries me about Jason Kidd. <laughs> it's just the fact that it seems like everywhere he goes, eventually some issues arise. And it's not... It, yeah, and it's not, sus, and it's not sustained... Um, performance you know like he'll have teams playing good for a while but then after a while it's like he wears out his welcome and the team just starts to perform badly so my thing is I don't know if Jason Kidd is the type of coach where you give him like a three four year deal and the team performs well throughout those three to four years <laughs> mm-hmm Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a tough question because I don't think, even when it comes to players, I don't really believe in a ceiling per se because I believe that it depends on a player or coach's mentality. I feel like if you're willing to learn, and the and if you're willing to learn and change and make yourself into a better coach then i believe that everyone has the ability to improve themselves and become better in the future but if you're somebody who's stubborn and you and you're just stuck on your way or the highway then yeah you do have a ceiling because you're not willing to learn anything new you're just stuck on you're just stuck in your ways and your beliefs so the question is is jason kid the type of coach where He's willing to learn from his mistakes and like say for example, he's in he's the assistant he's an assistant coach with the Lakers right now. Like, is he taking, you know, tidbits from Vogel's coaching and he's adding it to his, you know, coaching philosophy and and, and you know and he's gonna become a better coach because of that? Or Jason Kidd the type to be like, you know what? I'm not taking examples from anybody. I'm stuck in my own ways, my own coaching style. I'm gonna do things the way I see fit and i don't believe in taking you know notes from anybody so i mean that's the whole thing like what kind of coach is jason kidd <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean to be real about him. I mean, dude did have one good season with the Knicks. Like the one season he was our point guard, the Knicks actually won fifty four games. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe my man's was just tired. He was like, you know what? I went to I went hard in the regular season. Playoffs come, I'm tired, man. I ain't got no more legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I'll definitely accept that as an assistant coach, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
I just feel like the Knicks are just pretending to do due diligence by interviewing all these guys. But at the end of the day, it's like their board, their coaching board in the offices, Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau, then Kenny Atkinson, Jason Kidd. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> exactly, but I think Jason Kill be I though. I mean, he's with LeBron in LA. He'll be he'll be fine. <laughs> oh damn <laughs> oh Tom Tom already getting ready for the 2021 season my man is my man's is ready got the film on deck already <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my guy's already averaging almost three box a game. So I mean, if he can get him into a better defender, make him average almost four, I'm like, hey, why not? Why not? <laughs> It is. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I read somewhere that because of the pandemic and obviously owners taking a hit financially that, you know, teams might stick with what they already have at the moment. So they were saying that the Sixers might stick with Brett Brown one more season because of the pandemic and Houston might extend D'Antoni for that extra season because I think D'Antoni has an option or something where if where Houston can activate and he coaches one more season. And they were even saying that with um, the Nets, Jacques Vaughn, that they might even keep him for next season because of the pandemic. So if that's the case, then, yeah, Thibodeau's coming to the Knicks. Like, just, just write it in stone. It's It's done. <laughs> well, um, sorry, but um, it seemed like Thib's coming, so <laughs> you're gonna have to um, gonna have to accept it, B. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but hey, I mean, Mike did do a good job with the G League, so why not bring him back to the G League then and coach the G League guys if he's not going to be um the head coach or yo, you could just keep him on the staff, pretty much. Yeah.
Defensive players. Yes, sir. Well, here's my thought. Um, first and foremost, Frank is the player that I think most fans, most Knicks fans, split hairs with because there's like one half of Knicks fans that. You know, like, yeah, Frank is our guy and this and that. But then there's another half of Knicks fans that be like, oh, Frank is trash and blah, blah, blah. But the thing with Frank is Frank has a skill set that is effective in today's game. And what he does well is play defense, which is hard to find nowadays in the NBA because everybody just wants to score the rock and not give much effort on defense, but Frank actually puts defense first and and his mindset, yeah, exactly, his mindset is to lock down the other team's best player. And I don't care what team you're coaching, having a player like that is going to be very beneficial for, to your squad. So I feel like the Knicks keeping Frank is actually a good thing because... With the way the league is going right now, with so many great point guards, you're gonna need somebody that can actually like slow these guys down, and Frank, and Frank can do that. And the thing with Frank too is that I feel like even though his offensive game is shaky at times, he at least shows flashes that his offensive game can grow. Because because before the pandemic came, his last game against Atlanta, he dropped twenty and ten. Exactly. So he's showing that it's possible. The only thing with Frank is that you just have to get him to a, to a point where it's consistent, you know, where he's consistently confident and he actually goes out there, get his get his buckets and at least average over maybe 10 to 15 a game. So so to, to me, it's like, at least in my opinion, I think Frank has shown me enough to where I'm willing to work with him and hopefully, you know, if the right coach is in place to utilize him. To it, you know, to the to his strengths, I feel like Frank is going to be a solid, at least a solid piece for the Knicks in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Value. <laughs> That, that, that could go a lot of ways, though. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so I mean, it, do you mean viable piece as in viable to the rotation, or do you mean viable piece as in hopefully we can turn him into a good enough player so we can package him for hopefully a superstar in the future? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. 
Yeah. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yep. <laughs> but wait, hold up though. Like, for example, Tom Thibodeau coached Derrick Rose in Chicago. Then didn't with then when he when he went to Minnesota, wasn't Derrick Rose there too? <laughs> so imagine he comes to the Knicks. So imagine if he comes to the Knicks and then we get Derrick Rose again, like. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> I'm I mean if you look at his stats, he had a pretty impressive season with um Detroit last year. I mean well this past season. So this season for Detroit, Derrick Rose is averaging 18.1 points a game, 5.6 assists per game, shooting 49% from the field. Apparently this is 2020. Let's see, is, is that a career high? Oh, yes it is. Yeah, career high. Which is not surprising because if you, if you remember Derrick Rose, the one thing he could do as a point guard was finish at the rim and get to the rim. Yeah. Defense. <laughs> yeah. So, can we take credit for that? Cause I mean, cause I mean, technically, we said that when Derrick Rose was in New York. So, yeah. Uh, you, you see, I don't, the way the Knicks are currently set up, especially, especially if the Knicks actually draft a point guard in the draft, it's like, where's this space for Derrick Rose? Because supposedly we have the new point guard, whether it be LaMelo Ball, Killian Hayes, or whoever. And then on top of that, we have Frank still here, which is a player that we would like to develop. So that's two point guards already on the roster 
Dennis Smith Jr. is still here. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know if Dennis Smith Jr. would be moved or if he's going to still be on the squad. But the fact that the fact of the matter is, he's still here. So <laughs> maybe. So technically speaking, that's three point guards right there. So where's there really space for Derrick Rose on the roster? Unless you're going to take minutes away from the young guys and have Derrick Rose play. But the but the thing with but the oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm hmm. Yeah. Which would make sense. I mean Frank. I mean, I I think Frank could work at. I think Frank could work at the two. It's just a matter of, you know, being a consistent shooter. That's the only thing. For me, it's gonna depend on who they draft. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we at least we can expect Todd Gibson's gonna be back next season. Word. <laughs> yeah, it's about time Mitch get those starter minutes. Third season, third year in the league. It's about time you get those starter minutes. And make Mitch shoot and make Mitch shoot some threes, man. My my dude can actually hit them from long range. <laughs> Word. <laughs> oh man, like like I said with Mitch, the only thing with Mitch is you just have to you just have to get his strides right. Cause once he cause he already got the the dribble moves, you just have to you just have to get him to a point where it's like okay. Do one hezzy, one fake, one one between the legs, pick up the ball, hold it up high, one, two, bang. Word. Oh. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we 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 not trying to get there yet. I. <laughs> I. Rough. Yes, sir. <laughs> Money making Mitch. Yes, sir. Mitch out there look like a PG point guard. <laughs> Mitch. 
<laughs> Maybe who who's your bro? Yeah, we got the same bro. We got the same bro. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, you gotta throw them away, man. Exactly. Like, here's my thing. Kanye West, I feel like at times he can make good points. He just doesn't know how to say it. Because my thing is, how can you... Because the way he said it, he was like, Harriet Tubman didn't actually... You want me to talk? He said Harriet Tubman didn't actually freed slaves. She just had them work for other white people. And I'm like, dog. If you said it, if you if like if Kanye West said it like, okay, Harriet Tubman tried to free slaves, but not all of them got free and end up on other plantations, then it would have been like, okay, it makes sense. But the way he said it, he made it sound like. Harriet Tubman was out here actually taking slaves from plantations and bringing them to other plantations. And I'm like, that's not the case. Harriet Tubman actually tried to free these slaves. So I'm like, wait, like, where is he? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's him not knowing how to say things or it's just him being plainfully ignorant. Like, I don't know. I don't know which is, I don't know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Me, me too, man. I was like, <laughs> like, I don't understand, man. Like, this man basically destroyed his presidential campaign before it even got started. Be <laughs> like. <laughs> Nah, that's that was my only bro right there, yo. <laughs> exactly, that's the only one, man. <laughs> Wait. All right. <laughs> oh man. Mm 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like I don't I don't know if August is being extremely petty or if he's just being like, you know what? I put this out here and Jada had to talk about it, which made it blow up. So you know what? I'm gonna make a song and capitalize off of this. Like I don't know which one it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, subscribe and give us the likes and the shares. Yes, facts. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. They can find me on the Instagram at Sergius Chillin'. That is S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. And I just want to um, say these two things right quick. Rest in peace, John Lewis. Yes, and also justice for Breonna Taylor. Let's go. Yes. Yes, we out. <laughs>